In a world. Mate, hold up. We said we're done with the serious intros. Who said? Well, we did. I don't remember that. Well, I said it, and you're me, so, you know. Well, I don't care. In a world. Uh, hey, I told you. We're keeping it light. You do it on your own, then. Well, technically, I already am, so. Anyway, fuck yeah. Pure wild flight. Get it down, yeah. How good? Visit nzaerosports.com. I get to do the next one. Well, obviously you moron, we both do. I was 19, broke, unemployed, and sold my girlfriend's canopy for drug money. So, I thought I'd better sew her a new one. What a sentence, and what a story. This describes the humble yet outrageous beginnings of NZ Aerosports, the home of Icarus Canopies, in the words of our founder himself. From getting a paratrooper toy from his mom, watching parachutes at the DZ as a six-year-old, jumping off the wharf with a parachute made from bedsheets, doing his first jump at 16, sewing his first canopy on a borrowed machine at 19, and starting to sell parachutes out of a garage in 1986, Paul Gyro Martin had an undying love for the sky. Our company started with one man with the wildest of spirits in a true blue sky dream, a renegade. In the time that Gyro created and ran the Icarus Canopies brand until he passed away in 2017, he pushed everything he had to its limits. We miss him and we always will. Gyro is the next generation of NZ Aerosports. It honors our founder, of course, because it was the name we all knew him by, but Gyro the rebrand also marks the start of a new chapter, our next jump. Gyro is the space between sound and silence, art and science, chaos and calm. Gyro is a state of epic tranquility that transcends understanding. That moment, in the door, in free fall, mid-swoop, where nothing but the present exists. A perfect balance of euphoria and thrill. Gyro captures our passion for flying and our commitment to designing break-the-fucking-rules canopies that deliver pilots pure, wild flight. Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of the Lunatic Fringe podcast and a friendly new face on the other side of the screen. We're diving straight in. Who the fuck are you and what do you do? Hey, everyone. I'm uh, My name is Connor Meyer. Um, I'm a uh, newly uh, licensed skydiver relative to everybody that's been on this podcast. <laughs> um, so um, three years in the sport, really two, because in my first year I uh, jacked it up um which i'm sure we'll talk about <laughs> i'm sure uh, we will <laughs> so uh my home dz though right now you know i jump out of western new york skydiving um there's also skydiving falls in the area those are the two basically western new york area and um more southern tiers rochester skydivers we all jump at all three but it's it's a good gang out here um me you know i i'm i'm not full-time yet um did just get my coach rating um so i'm starting to 
to dabble into that world and uh which is pretty amazing um mm. i mean there's really no better feeling than than getting to you know help somebody go down that path that you went sure yeah everybody gets into this for their own reasons but they're usually pretty um pretty unique yeah uh, absolutely yeah so uh outside of skydiving though like i'm a superintendent for like an international elevator company it's called schindler um so i manage tax and a big portfolio for the western part of the state so a lot of running around everywhere but um that's how i fund my you know degenerate activities of chucking myself out of planes nice nice that's the real world uh real world penance you have to pay to be able to play in skydiving you do you know you gotta you gotta pay to play you gotta pay to play you do you do um but you know outside of that i did uh start my own business as an entrepreneur a couple years back um what i did is uh i started coaching veterans um uh, i'm a veteran myself so you know growing up i i grew up in western new york went to high school, barely scathed by, did a lot of dumb things, was, was a varsity athlete, but uh, a dichotomy at best. We'll put it that way All right. <laughs> uh, without diving into that too deep, but got my shit together and ended up uh, going to a military college. It's called VMI, Virginia Military Institute. So um, had no freaking clue what I was going to do with my life, dude. Just hmm. was like, well, I got to make money. I don't know what I want to do. I'm I guess I could be good at like this kind of shit and I need structure. So I Googled military and college together. Cause I told my dad I'd enlist. He was a seal in the Gulf War. I told him I enlist and do that. And he's like, fuck you will. <laughs> You're fucking going to college. You fucking asshole. I, I worked my ass off to, to create you to undo, you know, my mistakes. So get your ass in college. I'm like, okay, I can't argue that. What an awesome opportunity, you know, to, to go to that. And, um, ended up like getting into the ROTC shit. It's a senior military college. So they commission about half of their graduates every year into one of the five active duty branches. Okay. So you got Coast Guard, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Army. Um, now Space Force, if you want to be a space cadet, bro. You know, uh, flip around up there and I don't know, shoot, shoot bullets at the atmosphere. All right. Uh, but yeah, so I did that, uh, ended up loving it, got a bio degree because you need it and ended up commissioning as an officer in the army. Um, so I was an infantry officer, uh, did that for four years and got out one week before COVID, like no shit, one week wow. before COVID started. I had my orders on, and thank, you know, it's funny how the universe works because, you, you know, had I just not gotten out at that point, right? 10 days later, the whole world fucking changed, man. And it like, did. you know, there was stop law. You couldn't get out of active duty at the time. They Nobody knew what the hell was going on. They were, everybody was, you know, doing their best. Right. So who knows what life would have been like, right. Sure. Had I not decided to get out, but um, amazing experience, you know, all that. And then uh, basically got into uh, the last three years. Just everything was Honestly, everything was shut down. I was losing my mind. My life went from 100 to zero because, you know, being an infantry officer, we did a lot of fun stuff. I went around, did a lot of things. Um, and I took my ass to a drop zone because I went skydiving once with an ex-girlfriend when I was like 19. I was like, dude, that was like, <clears throat> oh my God, I remember that. And man, the rest is history, dude. I, I did a tandem. Two weeks later, I had an A license. 
You know, there's uh, the there was this uh, um, sense when COVID hit, and I can only imagine if I hadn't been a jumper and a, a jump pilot at the time, there was a sense that it was all coming crashing down. Uh, and it was real doomsday there for a while. And and uh, I can imagine how truly attractive the opportunity to go huck yourself out of an airplane would be when, you know, you're rolling the dice at whether or not it's fucking coming to an end. Fuck it. Yeah, I might as well. <laughs> I might as well go start jumping. Not to mention everybody's stir crazy and you're just sitting around going, well, what am I going to be an alcoholic or a drug addict now? Because there's yeah. nothing else to do. You know, and that's what I was trying to avoid. That's why I told my mom. I'm like, mom, listen, I can chuck <laughs> myself out of planes or I can shoot up heroin. I don't know. You tell me. You make the right. decision. <laughs> Obviously not. But it, it, dude, you're right. And it, it really wasn't like too. There wasn't some bigger meaning behind me showing up at the drop zone. Right. It was something to do that I that I had a feeling would get my blood flowing. Sure. And, but the community, dude, that's. That is what instantly snagged me. I mean, the jump was amazing. Like I, I instantly knew I wanted to do it on my own. I was like, let me get this dude off my ass, dude. I want to f- see if I can do this, which is way harder to do than people realize. Let's mm. be honest there. Um, and uh, everybody was just so fucking welcoming, dude. And yeah. it was just open-minded and just, it was such a beautiful energy there. And I was like, I need to be around this more. I mean, what are you going to sit in your house and stare at a wall? You know, I'm, I'm looking for a job. I just got out of the army. I'm like, holy shit. Yep. Mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny the, the way you put it. Cause uh, I felt the same way when I was starting out. Cause skydiving was, uh, it definitely made me nervous. I mean, I would be proper scared going to make those first few jumps, but I almost looked at it in now in hindsight, I definitely looked at it as though the jump was the price I had to pay to hang out with these fucking cool people. Like, (laughs) I fuck, I really want to hang out with these people. Fuck, I guess I'm going to have to jump. You know, and of course, then it became, uh, oh, shit, I'm one of those people people come jump for, you know, because they want to hang out with. And it became this wonderful thing. But for sure, it was the the community that drew me in dramatically more than the jumping to start with, because the jumping scared the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't. The jumping is is defying your your logical safety mechanisms and, oh, yeah. and your body like just gets frustrated with you when you do that because it's like what the fuck are you doing like why i'm already in free fall like what's and then you pull a parachute and it's like oh yeah and every, well, you know it's it keeps doing that and you're like dude chill i got this well you, know, you got uh, a million years worth of fucking uh human beings progressing telling you don't do this and one asshole strapped to your back saying let go of the door <laughs> you know <laughs> Probably cracking jokes at you too on the way up. Like, man, I hope this opens. Oh, of course. Of course. (laughs) All the hideous jokes that, uh, and I'm sure you probably felt the same way. If it weren't for those shitty jokes, I would have been twice as scared. Yeah, no. TIs do a great, you know, I don't know a TI that hates doing it. Mm. I I don't. Everybody, it's, they say it's the most amazing. I don't have a, I'm not a TI, you know, one day, but it, nobody has a negative thing to say, you know, and sharing that gift with everybody you just watch them it's fun like we all get to I, i've been in a wingsuit now so i get to chill in bag i'm like oh cool this is it's a neat perspective you know i know we're stupid assholes with dresses flailing around the sky i get it but like it's cool to sit in the back of the bus and watch uh that experience for people as they go out the door it's really sure 
Now, how did you get started in, uh, was there anything uh, extreme sports-wise prior to jumping? I mean, I know the Army throws some some relatively crazy shit at you. Yeah, the um, I've always kind of been, you know, chasing the dragon, as I like to call it, or just that next, you know, yeah, this this is a, a coin term, but, you know, most of my friends are, are still serving or veterans, and we all had very similar personalities that kind of drew us in that lifestyle. And you get a lot of jumpers who are veterans as well for sure. responders. There's something to that, that thrill, that chase. I've always been after it. So I did a lot of dumb shit as a kid, I guess you could say, if you want to call that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Call it sports. Um, uh, but no, I was like a lacrosse player, um, you know, did track. And then the armies were, it all picked up. I mean, intensity wise like being an infantry you know the infantry's uh generally known to be a, a a pretty grueling path and then you know i i went through ranger school there too that was more intense than i cared for <laughs> um, and you know you get to do cool shit like that we're repelling out of helicopters in some areas and flying in the back of chinooks and c-130s and then if you're airborne you jump out of them but it's nowhere it's not static line no fuck that noise dude sure so you know it's i guess it's just always been there now i'm finally feeding it you know and, sure and well i mean know. with the with the army it's it's uh, uh not even an intent to go feed something like that it just is it, it can be a very intense experience and although it's not necessarily extreme let's face yeah. it it's fucking it can be pretty intense shooting guns and blowing shit up and climbing over stuff and you know i mean it's it, it's there's a variety of different things that can really get your blood pumping that don't necessarily have to be extreme and yeah right it, and, it's it everybody has a different uh flavor sure so to speak. Right. Well, I've talked about uh, um, not really – I don't know how I feel about the term extreme sports because obviously for those of us that have been in skydiving for some time, I don't consider it extreme. I mean the extreme version of skydiving is base jumping. Base jumping I consider extreme, but I'm not a base jumper because I know a lot of base jumpers that will be like, no, this is just a mellow jump off a 3,000-foot cliff. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it really, it really does boil down to perspective. That being said, um, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, scuba diving is not considered an extreme sport. And I think it's so much more dangerous than skydiving. It, it, I agree. First off, open water fucking petrifies me, bro. Yeah. All right. I, if I, I'm scared of clowns and open water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, those are my big fears there. And obviously, like, I think the concept that, draws all of us in is like the overcoming of your fears sure what better way to to master that capability because that's a skill set than skydive sure and what better of a community to foster that um growth and development of a mindset in somebody than the skydiving community sure uh, but you're right base jumping extreme sport i think skydiving is very meditative um mm. it has been for me um i i it's an outlet um, in that sense, the same way that I, you know, would meditate or, um, you know, practice mindfulness. You're very present. Sure. You're really present. 
Well, that's a, it's a way to um, obtain that without even trying. I mean, um, you have no choice but to live in the moment when something like that's going on. And it, uh, um, for a lot of people, it catches them off guard because that's not what they think of when they think skydiving. Oh, this is going to be intense and it's going to be uh, this and that and the other thing. And then you they after you sit down and you get to think about what you experienced, you realize nothing else was happening except that. And most people don't have that opportunity. And it's it's very eye-opening when you finally get there. And it's definitely something that you start to seek more and more uh, as a jumper. Uh, actually, one of the reasons that I took a break from skydiving many years after I had started was because I was in free fall, pissed off about something that happened on the ground. And I went, oh, it's time to take a break. Because if I'm not in this moment, then I, I need a reset. And it was a great idea. We used to say, you know, complacency kills. That was the sure. saying, especially in the combat arms, you know, death was near and dear to anybody who served in that realm. You, you know, if you're in long enough, you're going to know somebody that passes away, which is exactly the same thing in this sport. Um, and, you know, that I, I basically, I agree. I mean, you gotta, you gotta keep yourself sharp um, to keep playing, you know, sure. and we love to push the boundaries, you know, we, we get so consumed. It's so, so much passion. I think that's, that's incredible that you had the ability to recognize that because mm. that's like a cue for me personally. I know that if I don't, I have to, every skydive is a great skydive for me. That's how I want. Like I try to view it that way. Um, I won't let like a botch skydive, you know, get in, get in your head because there's failure isn't real. There's only quitting sure. in my opinion. You know, what people say is a failure is really just like, you choose how you interpret what happened and what you're going to do next. You know, you, you know, we're completely in charge of that. Sure. Well, and skydiving too, unless you're getting into the competitive side of things. So a, a skydive didn't go to plan. When I was learning how to skydive, um, the normal jump was you figured it out as you're climbing towards the door. You know, it was just zoo skydive after zoo skydive because I started at a drop zone that wasn't fun jumper, wasn't particularly fun jumper friendly. So it would be a bunch of low time guys that would occasionally get to jump and had no fucking clue what we were doing. So you're just learning it as you go along. So there was no such thing as a bad skydive. It was, uh, oh, that didn't fucking work, you know, but it was <laughs> always funny. And if if yeah. nobody got hurt and everybody landed safe and got back to the drop zone and was manifesting for the next load, then that last load was a fucking success. You know, I mean. Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's, you know, I think that's still there. I think that mindset's still there for many, um, you know, and I mean, it's it's a more positive than negative environment in general in my opinion. So I, I, I think that's a more common. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I, I, to, to take up, especially for those that work in the sport, to take up a living where you're jumping two to 20 times in a day, you gotta be a pretty optimistic person. <laughs> you're taking risks two to 20 times a day, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I mean, you start to do the math and, and uh, um, you know, the more jumps you've got, of course, the, the more you're probably pushing the envelope. And honestly, if people aren't willing to push the envelope, then they're not going to be jumping in the first place, but they're certainly not, certainly not going to be downsizing into small canopies or going to the wingsuiting and doing all these different disciplines. These are people that are pretty optimistic about what's coming, which is, a really fun environment to be in. 
Yeah, man. I, I like a, there's a saying called uh, what you think about, you bring about, mm. uh, man, do I believe that to the <laughs> core, you know, um, I'm a little woo woo, you know, I'm, I'm pragmatic, but I'm a little woo woo, you know? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of people are who get into the sport. It's a very, it's almost ritualistic for me at times where it, it is so critical and integral to my life and how I'm, my trajectory and what I, you know, brings me fulfillment. Sure. And like now that I'm locked in and know, Hey, this is, this is going to be my life. Like I'm, you know, for however long I'm lucky enough to keep walking there while flying around the earth, you know, sure. um, I'm going to keep doing this. Um, well, that's one of the huge benefits to skydiving is uh, there's a lot of longevity in skydiving. You know, I mean, uh, you're talking about being able to jump into your 70s and 80s. And I don't know too many sports out there that you can continue to go out and have that kind of fun that late in life. Um, I had on a, a woman by the name of Alice Hicks uh, for nobody that uh, for anybody that hasn't heard the episode. Alice jumps out of Arizona and she's a snowbird with her husband. And I initially got her on the podcast because I saw this amazing picture of her with this huge smile on her face with a helmet in her hair and gray hair coming out the side and, and well-earned wrinkles over the years. And I shot her a message going, that picture's fucking amazing. I got to have you on the podcast. And I mean, she still teaches line dancing at Skydive Arizona and, and goes out and jumps and everybody knows Alice and Alice is a fucking badass, And Alice is a senior citizen. You know, yeah. still jumping her ass off. It's truly like, it's so, it's just, I wish the world could see more of that. You know, we're so good at highlighting all the bad stuff going on in the world. And there's enough of that. Sure. But like the, the amazing things like that, like talk about living your life to the fullest. Oh like, yeah. That's just embodying exactly what we're all going for, I think. And sure. So much respect for, for uh, our elders, so to speak. Who yeah, yeah. Well, especially it's kind of ingrained in you in the skydiving sport because we're jumping with our elders. We're on the load with our elders. And the really cool thing about skydiving is the older people, people that are my age, some of my heroes in the sport are fucking younger than me. And that doesn't really happen in many other aspects of life. You know, there's not too many times that I'm looking at someone that's 15 years younger than me that I'm like, holy shit, this person's got their shit together. Yeah, it's it's impressive. I yeah. mean, I, I, you know, everybody, I wish I got into it younger, so to speak. But like everything happens for a reason. I'm so grateful for my life and everything that's happened, you know, and it's not all been rainbows and butterflies. Um, Never and- is. <laughs> But that's what's so beautiful about it, right? Like life is not just an endless happy streak. It's peaks and valleys. It's sure. just trying to keep that trajectory a little positive, you know? Sure. Just keep growing and learning um, and living, baby. As yeah. Be. Now, when you when you dove into skydiving, uh, how, how was the course for you? Um, did you find uh, uh, learning to be an easy thing? Was it a challenge? Um. It, I guess it came relatively natural for me in the sense of um, understanding the movements and learning, but I credit a lot of that to my instructors. Um, my mentor uh, was a guy named Jones Mandanha. Um, he was Brazilian. He had over 9,000 jumps, pro skydiver, um, you know, well-respected, um, well-liked, a genuine dude. And, and he took me under his wing. He saw uh, potential in me that I didn't see in myself. And 
you know, when I talked about that meditative state, you know, one of the things he used to really do with me when we would get to about 10,000 feet, right. He would tap me on the shoulder and he'd look at me and he'd be like, hey. and I, you know, he'd dap me up and hold my hand yep. and be like, and put his other hand on it and be like, Oh yeah. Just breathe. And then yeah. we would do six of those and it's just right into the skydive. And it's like this, miraculous flow into the exit down the hill into your dive flow break off and all the way down to the ground and it's so freaking peaceful it's such a dichotomy but it, he was so good at teaching and you know i spent four hours in a tunnel with him and uh, he took me through aff continued to coach me and we just you know we ultimately ended up becoming business partners and um you know unfortunately he passed away in february 2022 on a tandem skydive mm. uh, houston um but you know doing what he loves sure at the end. and um you know he 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 brought me into his dream and his company uh, um and he had a vision he was a visionary and um i have a pretty extensive uh business background uh throughout you know being an officer you, you, it is soft skills you sure. got to learn and then that was a natural transition to like operations management. And, uh, you know, I'm almost done with my MBA too. So it's kind of like when it comes to practicality and making money, that's my skill set. You know, I understand people, I understand operations. And mm. so we partnered together and um, really to make the skydiving industry more accessible uh, to the public, you know, safer and uh, streamline operations, basically. Mm. So that, that was the goal of the company. And, you know, we want to take 20%, donate it to veterans and uh, mental health nonprofits, of, you know, our profits each year. It's it's really about flushing money back into what we care about and then back into the business because we want to make skydiving more accessible. Like, it, it is such an amazing thing. Like, how could you not want to share this? Sure. As much as possible. Um, you know, and how do we do that? You know, we basically just started looking at all the problems. Sure. Okay. What problems, you know, what an easy, we, we got massive Facebook groups. People are so open in this. They'll be like, Oh, you want problems? And I got this, 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 this. And then, you know, we identified a few patterns and that's where our focus was. So nice. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, um, it's the nice thing about seeing new blood year after year come into the sport is they reinvigorate the the community as a whole with this newfound passion. And I mean, you get some of the old salty dogs that are like, "We knew all this shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> cool, whatever." But it's it's the next generation coming up that gets those people that might be teetering on the idea of jumping or they've made a jump and they're not sure if they want to continue to learn or, you know, they're veterans that are just back from serving and and they're looking for an outlet. Um, yeah. And it's this excitement that uh, a, a new jumper can bring to it that somebody like me has a little bit more, you know, uh, of a difficult time getting super excited about AFF level three. <laughs> yeah yeah well, understandable but, but it's it's a great thing like to me, see it's like wow that's amazing like i can't yes. wait to be you know to to i hopefully become an affi one day like again what a gift sure what a gift you get to share like, it no it, it really is absolutely incredible and it's um uh it's 
that exciting a sport and it can be that transformative you know i mean um especially i've talked to a few people that do a lot of uh, work with veterans groups and such and a lot of people that will do different jumps for the cause for veterans um yeah. and all of them are incredibly well received and of course there's a lot of veterans that are active skydivers a lot of active duty military that are that are active skydivers um that bring um their own angle to skydiving um skydiving for a long time was it was kind of this dirtbag thing, you know, and it was all wild and free. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely military, very regimented guys. But it's nice to see nowadays seem to be kind of a, a mix of the two worlds. Yeah. Um, it's loose and carefree where it can be and regimented and strict where it should be. Yeah, dude, I agree. I, I there's a there's a counterculture aspect to skydiving. Yeah. Um, but I think what you're finding with a lot of the military and there's factions in the military where that there is a big, um, the, the mindsets are very similar. So mm. how you see in skydiving, you'll, you'll end up seeing it. And it's, it, again, it's very, it's, it's a bit of a contradiction because of how regimented and, you know, the <laughs> skydivers love to party, man, you know, when the sun sets, if we're not jumping, we're partying. Um, and you know, to be honest, that's, there's a huge group of, of veterans that would thrive off this lifestyle. And really my dream and what I want to do with skydiving, I don't necessarily know how, but I know that this is what it is for me is I want to, I want to use this outlet and reach as many veterans as humanly possible to share it with them to hopefully, you know, um, prevent them from, you know, turn into the drugs, turn into the alcohol or turn into the, um, the gun to their head, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and this helped me at a very dark time. Um, and, you know, and, you know, I, I've lost a lot of friends to suicide who are serving or were. Um, and I know that if this was as powerful for me and it pulled me out of like, um, just a horrible place, uh, it can do that for any better. Of course. And guys have been through some shit, dude. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're finally living in a world where um, discussing mental health doesn't have the stigmas that it used to. Um, and it used to be you'd never get a, a veteran, a fucking dude to talk about his mental health. And now that's not the case anymore. You know, I mean, when you have veterans doing everything from being very active skydivers to going through um, the clinical trials for psilocybin and all these different things that they do for mental health regardless of what it is, it's all striving for the same thing. And uh, uh, I had a great conversation with Jason Moletsky, JMO, um, who said that he started skydiving um, because he was basically suicidal and was like, fuck it, I might as well. And discovered with jumping, there's so much more to do, so much more to live for. And uh, it's an incredibly powerful tool that I've seen work over and over and over. Dude, I could, it, it's just like, it's so emotional for me, honestly, because you're so right. Like <laughs> I've taken one of my friends skydiving, like he was having a hard time. I'll leave his name out. He really good friend of mine. He was a, a ranger down at one seven, five, the 75th, um, deployed, you know, did things, um, uh, as he was charged to by our, sure. family. and, um, you know, struggled with it because sure. What human doesn't sure. Um, and he just called me one day and he was just breaking down, man. He was just a fucking mess. And 
to your point, we were brought up and and we we were college roommates, by the way. We were best friends all the way through that. Went into the military same time he enlisted actually and went that route I commissioned. So we're very close. And he uh he, you know, that's very rare to get a call mm. like that. So um fucking I was like, dude, fuck it. And I just drove down to Virginia. Um hit him up and you know got him through the night and stuff and i was like dude get your fucking shit in my car we're not sitting in this fucking house all right we're not moving around okay grab your pants get in the car and i took him to our home drop zone and we chucked him out of fucking plane and you know he's still here today i can yep. tell you that he's in we're still very close and uh i'll never forget his face and just that how powerful that was for him and what it did oh yeah to get out of that place he didn't need to be sure absolutely well and and skydiving can be incredible for that like anything there's no such thing as a cure-all um but it definitely gives someone a glimpse of something better on the horizon uh or fucking above the horizon you know Um, you look at beyond the horizon yeah yeah and i mean the 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 old argument always is you bring me somebody that's suicidal and i'll give them a a great way to continue living while they're trying to figure out how to kill themselves you know i mean i always i i always would think um if i was given a um you know, a, a death sentence with a medical issue or something like that. That's what I'm going to take up base jumping. Cause fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to go big. Dude. I'm going to go hard, you know, and it's, the, all right. it's the same thing with someone that um, is potentially fighting with suicidal tendencies. All right. Start jumping out of an airplane. First off, <laughs> you're going to be amazed at how quickly your survival instincts kick in. <laughs> Without you even necessarily wanting them to, but next thing you know, you're going to have all this fun doing something that furthers the reason that you got into it in the first place, which is, all right, I'm pushing it. I'm doing something dangerous, you know? And so it kind of, it kind of quells that need to, to, you know, it's a, it's a way to, to step off the edge without committing completely. If that makes sense. You're you're not fully committing, but you're, you're, you're at least getting that feeling yeah. And then you bring yourself back to, to life and, yeah, and man. realize that it's a beautiful fucking thing, even yeah. if it's lowest moments. Well, um, I, I watched a documentary uh, um, about uh, um, people that had committed suicide jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. And they actually interviewed a guy that survived off the Golden Gate Bridge. And they asked him uh, what he was thinking when he stepped off. And he said, the very first thing I thought was, I wish I was back on the bridge. Um, <laughs> and he lived, you know, but so you can imagine that a lot of those people probably think the exact same thing. Oh, fuck. What have I done? And there's no way to take it back. Now you jump out of an airplane and you get that, oh, fuck sensation. And then you get to go, oh, wait, this is cool. And I get to do this again. <laughs> take my money. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Go. Absolutely. And then the community soaks in. And then that that sense of belonging in this um, very dysfunctional family. And we are an incredibly dysfunctional family that I would have, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I really wouldn't. I feel exactly the same. The chosen family is, has a special place sure. in, in hearts. You know, you, you chose this family, but like once you choose a family, you know, their family until you die, right? Like there's not a single person I wouldn't, you know, go to bat for or, or stop what I'm doing and prioritize if they came to me and need help. And I see it every day, you know, from our whole community. And sure. um, you're right. It, that, that was a big part of it. I mean, dude, when I, when I got my license on my 32nd jump, I actually flared high 
um, on a student rig and uh, reached as I came down and set a PLF in. <laughs> uh, yep. And uh, slipped, my left leg slipped, fell down, sat. It wasn't hard. It's on video. You can look it on like my Instagram page down there. Snapped it sideways, impinged it behind my leg, split my tibia in half and broke my fibula. Uh, split my fibula in half and broke the bottom of my tibia off. Mm. Um, Sounds fun. That. that was done. <laughs> that was like, well. Yep. What do you think, guys? How quick will I be back? Paramedics just like staring at me like I'm fucking crazy, which yep. we are. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a similar story, funny enough. Uh, my 27th jump, I was down in Paris Valley for the first time I'd ever gone down to Paris Valley. Um, and on the drive down there, I was talking about how I'd have to go rent gear and get all this stuff. And mind you, I'm 27 skydive. So I'm still flying a very big rental parachute. Uh, and one of the instructors who became a friend of mine was like, oh, don't worry about it. I've got a, a spare rig you can jump. Okay, cool. This is an instructor. So of course I'm, yeah, man, what's in it? Oh, it, it's really docile. Not a problem. I think I was jumping as a student or pardon me, as a newly licensed jumper. I was jumping a, a PD-210. This was what was called a Turbo Z-165. It was half ZP, half F-111. Uh, and I opened up with the brake stowed flying twice as fast as I'd ever gone before, realizing, of course, I've got to unstow the brakes. So I unstow the brakes and I'm shitting my pants. I'm I've instantly from 3,000 feet. I am horrified that I now have to try and land this thing. And, of course, I panic flared. Uh, and then made the crucial mistake of letting up on the flare and just drilled myself into the ground. Oh, broke my, man. Yeah, broke my leg, spit it, split the uh, the uh, bone lengthwise below my knee. Um, but unlike you, I was not smart enough to sit there. Uh, I went and manifested for the next load. Oh, tried to, awesome. oh yeah, <laughs> trying to walk it off like I was cool. I got, God. oh yeah, got on the plane. And as we're going up, my legs start swelling up so badly that I can't bend my knee anymore. But the smart decision, of course, would be ride the plane down. Nah. Now, mind you, I'm still on the same fucking canopy that I just broke my leg on. Um, so I jumped again, of course. Uh, this time I nailed the landing, thankfully. But my buddy's like, come on, let's go for another load. And I'm like, nope. Legs broke. <laughs> Yeah. Nailed the landing, 27th jump, no shits given. No wonder you're you're where you are now, if that's wow. how you start, man. <laughs> oh, I was a fucking idiot. You're, uh, you're on a warpath. I was an I was an idiot. <laughs> but a very, very similar start. You know, you start with a break, but the cool thing that something like that gives you um mm -hmm. in a sport like skydiving is if you're met with adversity so early on in the sport, you have to answer the question really early on in the sport. My first cutaway was two jumps after that. Um, and so you have to ask yourself, all right, I've broken something. Is this something I really want to do? Okay, fuck, I had a cutaway. Is this something I really wanted to do? And a guy by the name of Mike Skeffington, who is OG skydiver, um, gave me a, a great piece of uh, um, wisdom back then because I was pretty shook up after the cutaway. He's like, you at less than 50 jumps have answered the question that people with thousands of jumps haven't answered. And I'm like, what's that? He's all, you can pull the handles and you know, you can pull the handles. He's like, I think at the time he had thousands of jumps and I don't believe he had a cutaway. He said, I I've, I've never had to do what you've already done. You've already answered the question, man, go be a fucking skydiver. And it was great advice. That's amazing. And it, see, that's exactly what we were talking about. The, 
the 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 professionals, right? The the mentors, these people that have been in it for a fucking while, um, have been in it for a while and they're still here sure. rather. They got wisdom and they're just like, just dude, you're you're getting just so much wisdom just handed to you on a silver platter. Oh yeah. Like you can't get that in other sports, you know. I mean, that's the kind of people that make this sport so amazing. Oh yeah. Well, and and they love giving that advice because they love seeing someone benefit from their mistakes or from their epiphanies, you know. Um, it, it's nice to see. That's one of the reasons that the podcast has been so much fun because I get to talk to, you know, these rock stars and unknowns alike and get really cool perspectives on where they're coming from in the sport and what they're doing with the sport. And, and, uh, um, you get some really eye opening answers from people and I've never stopped learning. You know, I mean, I, I still are talking, I'm talking to people that have been doing this much longer than I have going, no shit. Okay. This is amazing. <laughs> You know, yeah. and then you get to learn about the history of the sport as well and, and figure out, uh, um, you know, how people really put their asses on the line for the sport to get to the point where it is. Crazy. The pioneers yeah. are fearless. Oh, yeah. They're fearless humans. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, And they, they learned to do it 45 to 60 seconds at a time, you know? Pretty yeah, amazing. They, I mean, dude, I learned all the way through back flying in a tunnel. Yeah that wasn't accessible. These people had to every jump. You got like one minute of practice, like don't fuck it up, figure it yep. out. You know, I have a lot of respect. I really well, do for that. And I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, um, I love the, the modern skydiving being what it is and the, the resources that modern jumpers have. And there's a reason that it's gone next level. And the reason why as a fun jumper, I'm average at best nowadays because nowadays the skill level has just been pushed so far forward which is fucking amazing to see it means that i've always got something to shoot for and i've always got something to learn yeah dude i mean you'll never stop learning in this sport i've i've accepted that i've realized that and, and i agree about you know early on trauma you know embrace it you know make your decision you know it, it'll force you to make your decision there is this for you or, or is it time to go there's literally nothing wrong with walking away from this sport or uh, base jumping or anything like that. It, no. Life happens and everybody understands that. Um, but like, I learned quick after that, man. I'll yeah. tell you what. I went, did flight 101, 102, started getting canopy coaching, was like, I'm not going to fucking do that again. Yep. If, if I have any say in it, which you do to a degree, right? There's always shit happens but um it's funny how everything works out because sure. you know I, I don't think i would have progressed um or you know ben is cognizant of the risk and the criticality of of your decision making um on a jump had i not learned from the best teacher out there which is pain <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. No, pain is an incredible motivator. It really is, you know? Um, and obviously skydiving is a sport where you want to try and learn by other people's mistakes. But, uh, um, I, nowadays I've been doing it so long, I can acutely feel someone else's pain because chances are I've fucked myself up the same way at some point. So the earlier on in your career, you learn to learn through other people's mistakes, the better off you are. Yeah, Cause good. trust me, don't be like me. I'm a hard learner. Okay. 
listen to these people who know what they're talking about. Oh yeah. Well, all that shit shit that all that shit that didn't hurt 28 years ago hurts now. (laughs) Trust me. I mean, the doctors were just like, you know, they, they saved it. Thank God. They almost, it was bad. They, they were like talking about amputating my foot before they put me on. I'm staring at this guy and like a fucking two hour ambulance ride. And they were like, Oh, we should have sent mercy flight. Sorry. And I'm like, yeah, got whatever, man. Just, yep. Yep. Are we there there yet? (laughs) And uh, yeah, they told me all kinds of nasty shit. Like I wouldn't be able to run ever again. Um, This and that. And it was just like, no, I was like, I, I appreciate and respect where you're coming from, but I promise you, I'm going to be back in the air again. Yep. Happen. I will run again. And everything that I set my mind to from, from that moment on, I'm, I'm on trajectory um, and I'm running again, exercising again. I'm, I'm in the best shape I've been in years. And um, it's just fucking crazy to, to <laughs> think about that the human body is this resilient. Oh yeah. But what I attribute a lot of my recovery to, to be honest, was uh, the training. Sure. So I, you know, I had 10 years under my belt of intense training and, and being in incredible shape because that was my job and it just became habit. So when I got out, I mean, I needed an hour, you know, working out, it becomes habitual once you do it for a while, but oh yeah, that saved my body. Like my recovery was quicker. My ligaments held up. They were very, they're like, it's you may not have your foot had you been living a sedentary lifestyle. Sure. And, an and that was an eye opening moment for me. Sure. Uh, and gave me a lot of appreciation for this little meat bag. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> well, and one of the things that I learned through more injuries and, and more trips to the emergency room than I'd like to remember is that, especially in uh, the US, Doctors are almost always going to give you worst possible case scenario and leave out the happy, sunshiny, silver lining shit because they're scared they're going to get fucking sued. Um, So it's it's very difficult to get a doctor that's going to give you an honest assessment. Um, And I'm not saying don't listen to your doctor. Of course, listen to your doctor. I'm not saying push it. Definitely don't push it because I have. Um, But I'm saying that take their worst case scenario and then work your ass off as hard as you can to prove them wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's where my mind went, man. I was like, I respect it. And it's in no way, uh, no, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. Obviously they know they put my foot back together. (laughs) I was like, wow, thank you. Uh, it's a little bionic, but it's back. Sure. And uh, luckily I had a very renowned jumper, uh, uh, excuse me, doctor who had a lot of experience operating on skydivers, I guess. So I, I don't know how it worked, but they must've got the word. He's like, oh yes, uh, I volunteer to con- construct this uh, young man's ankle. I've done that 113 times. Yep. Well, yeah. the, <laughs> the doctor that put my neck back together, I was the third one he'd done cervical surgery on with, you know, blown out discs, you know? So by the time he got to me, he's all oh, another fucking skydiver. Okay, cool. <laughs> they just, they're like, we're just cash cows. These people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they see us coming away. from a, see us coming from a mile away, yeah. which is, you know, it's good. It's, uh, um, it, it's nice oh, to know. And like I said, you definitely listen to your doctor. I had a shoulder replacement or shoulder repair done. And they told me I needed to wait three months before I jumped. I waited three weeks and then I had surgery a year later. 
go Halo figure three i guess yeah, yeah you know i mean that's just stupidity you know that that's surgery was basically my fault uh, um luck. you know so there's yeah. there's uh there's pushing it and then there's pushing it so you know uh, you, you obviously want to try and do the best you can to to recover um but you listen to your body too exactly you know we we just had another a girl who's uh, been wingsuiting with us in our little group chat we got wingsuit group chat um and uh every you know she just got confirmation of having a a torn acl um i think she has a spiral fracture it, it's a lot like there's a lot of things going on long recovery season's over right sure we're all it's it's just like an outpouring of like hey we're here for you this is what we've done who have been through it this is what works you know listen to the right people because you just get overwhelmed with advice when it happens from like every angle it's always contradicting you just you're like dude i, I just i want to jump again this is too much yep. i just need i just need to to recover and that's when i kind of cut out the white noise and, and honed in and started PT. The moment I could wait bear, I listened to pain as my guide, not a yep. timeline. Yep. Dude, you know, drink a lot of water, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean, th every time we'd have uh, somebody that would get hurt, I'd always give the same advice, you know, listen to the doctor. It's probably not going to be as long as they say, but don't push it. I'm like, you're welcome to come to the drop zone, hobble out here on your crutches and sit in the chair and eat your pain pills. And I'm not going to give you a beer when you're on them, but I'm going to leave one within reach. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and you can sit and listen to us talk shit and, and fuck with you. Cause you can't jump. And, and of course, at the end of the day, you're going to feel better about it. Um, yeah. But before you know it, you're going to be jumping again. You know, I yeah. mean, I, I remember the injuries that I've had over the, what, 29 years in the sport, but I don't remember any of the time off because it was such a small amount of time, um, really, in such a big, you know, uh, life of the sport for me. So, trust me. the the had our whole lives, right? Yeah, yeah man. And so, literally, with skydiving, if you stay healthy, you have your whole life for it. That's the goal, man. I, I mean, it maybe it's selfish that the only reason I even give a shit uh is i want my body to last as yeah. long as i my brain lasts so that i can keep doing this because um it's really boring when you can't jump <laughs> <laughs> so so looking down the road uh, especially seeing as how you're kind of just getting your start in, in the sport what are what are some goals down the road for you yeah um i got some uh lofty ones i guess uh maybe they're more dreams than goals uh dreams become goals when they're attainable, mm. right. And within reach. Um, but I want to, uh, I want to really build the company that Jones and I started into, I, I want to help revolutionize the industry. Um, and we have some amazing ideas that we're working. Um, you know, we, we're pre -C, we we're working on trying to collect funding to finalize it, but we got an app and that's where I'll leave it at. Okay. Um, that, uh, is going to have a mate in our opinion, have a major impact in a positive way cool. um, on problems that we're cool. facing. So I, I have a dream to help improve this and grow this sport personally. Um, exactly what I mentioned, man. I, I want to, I want to get good enough at this where I can use it as an outlet to share with veterans. Um, I want to be able to build that into something uh, as a part of my business. You know, obviously that's, a nonprofit aspect of it. 
Um, and, uh, really dude, uh, to be honest, I'm going to my base course in snake river in September. <laughs> I'll nice. just say it. I know I, I don't, I don't care if it's bad juju or whatever you say beforehand. I fuck it. It's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm scared and I'm excited at the same time, but I do have a long-term goal of wingsuit base jumping. Um, I know, I know everybody laugh and just throw the jokes. I got, nah, <laughs> man, but, you know, you know, you know my it's, opinion of that is is really simple. If that's something you want to do, fucking absolutely go for it. Just go for it in the safest possible way. You that's know, exactly I'm, the approach I want to take, man. I, I got. I, mean, no, I, mean, I, no I mean, I I've been friends with some of the the best and brightest, and and some of them are still going strong, and some of them aren't with us anymore. But that's also kind of how shit goes, you know. Um, it's if it's something somebody wants to do, as long as you're smart and as safe as you possibly can be, then fucking do it, man. This is where I'm starting. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's the thing, life. right? Is it's it's better than uh, all right. I'm just gonna go huck something and see how it works out. You know, you're not buying a used base rig off of a, a website and and giving it a shot. So you're you're going about it the right way. So you end up on the list, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So I, I have really good mentors. It you know and and. I got into movement groups, basically jump of 120. I was in a tracking suit. And from then on, all the way up through wingsuit, it, it's just, it's, it's, you know, I want to do everything like anybody. And I'd like to uh, coach and instruct. That's my long-term goal. I want a full-time work in this industry, but nice. um, you know, that I I'd like to do that. What's after that? I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, I want to have a positive impact on the nice. industry. That's, nice. that's the, I, if if nothing else, let's uh, let's improve this this sport. Yeah, man. So uh, you mentioned you got your coaching um, your coaching ticket. So uh, somebody's listening to this podcast, they want to come make a coach jump with you, or they want to uh, privately dig into you and find out what the fuck this app is and what the business is about. How do they yeah. find you on social media? Where are you jumping at? Uh, how do they get a hold of uh, Connor Meyer? Yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram. That's my main, uh, like social media platform. I, I use that. So you can just message me, uh, uh, my handles, uh, flagship mindset, all one word. Um, so hit me up on there, you know, and, uh, happy to chat with anybody. And, um, you know, it's, it's already been amazing. Just the, the connections and the networking that's occurring. You know, I hate social media. I really do, mm. but it's, it's here to stay yep. and it's, uh, necessary evil from a yep. professional perspective. Oh yeah. Um, and to be honest, we wouldn't be talking if no. it wasn't even right. So there's some good to it. Um, but other than that, you know, you can, that's the only social amount. I'm not on freaking TikTok. Uh, it, I know everybody is, I'm, I'm just, I'm avoiding it. Cause I, I have successfully not downloaded it to this point. Right. And who sure. needs another social media platform. Sure. But yeah, flagship mindset, look me up. I'll, awesome. Uh, be available. Connor, man, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy doing uh, uh, the move and stuff and you're in a new place and all that. So it's always great when I get somebody to take time out of their busy schedule to sit down and talk shit with me. Yeah. yeah thank you, Dean. I really appreciate you inviting me on, man. It's been amazing. Absolutely, man. You take care. Thanks. See ya. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Lunatic Fringe Podcast brought to you as always by, well, wait, not as always, actually, brought to you now by Gyro. 
Formerly known as NZ Aerosports, you'll head to gyro.com for their next level line of canopies. By Pussfoot, the Extreme Sports Collective. Head over to pussfoot.com to check it out. By Summit Parachute Systems, check out summitparachutesystems.com to talk to Jarrett Martin and the gang about kick-ass pilot rigs, rigging courses, and more. By Flyaway Indoor Skydiving, go to flyawaytn.com and check out all the cutting-edge stuff to come. By Pure Spectrum CBD, head to purespectrumcbd.com to check out their wide range of CBD products. And as for us, head to the lunaticfringepodcast.com to listen to any of the hundreds of episodes currently available, hit the link for our YouTube channel, pick up your copy of the Lunatic Fringe book or The Accidental Stripper, and get a sneak peek at upcoming guests. Once again, thanks for listening, we'll see you next time. Damn. <laughs>